Blog Talk Radio. Writer Show is now in the air, spotlighted on BadRedheadMedia.com as a top author podcast on the web today and called a total blast of a show for writers. My name is Robert Batista, and you may ask, why is the Funky Writer Show so terrific? Because I'm a writer, just like my guests, and know that words are the breath of life. Connect with the show on the exciting Twitter page by going to at the Funky Writer. Religious folks are often heard to say God works in mysterious ways. Ironically, when they say that, they're usually trying to explain away an instance in which God apparently didn't work. The child died of cancer. The promotion didn't come through. The penis enlargement herbal remedy didn't bear fruit. His ways aren't our ways. These intuitive words are from today's guest, author John Draper. Welcome to the Funky Writer Show, John Draper. Hey, thanks, Robert. Nice to have you. Nice to be on. Yes, yes. It's uh, wonderful having you on the show, John. John, there is so much to talk about. Let's start and jump right into your fascinating book called A Danger to God Himself. The title is Gripping. Why did you write this story, and where did it come from? Well, uh, I've, known since I was, I've known since I was nine years old that I wanted to be an author. and uh, But, you know, life kind of gets in the way, and my, my parents wanted me to go to college, and then they wanted me to have a career, and then I got married, and so on and so forth. Long story short, it wasn't until my kids were kind of leaving the home that I really had the free time to uh, devote to uh, writing a novel. And um, at the time, this was about not eight years ago, uh, at the time I was a Christian, a quite religious, and uh, a buddy and I, and mine, a Christian buddy of mine, a church, guy, church friend, we uh, just got it into our heads that we wanted to study Mormonism because we were kind of fascinated by it. And we were just blown away by how odd it is. It's, uh, I mean, all religions are odd if you look at them in a certain way, but uh, Mormonism is really odd about uh, becoming a god and getting your own planet and all these kind of things. And it just blew us away, and I just became fascinated with it. And so I just started reading everything I could about Mormonism, and then also I would start inviting in these, uh, the missionaries when they would come to my house, and I would talk to them. 
And I was just so struck by how these 19-year-old, 20-year-old kids were so sure they knew the secret of the universe. And at the time, I was 50-some years old, and I knew I didn't know it. And I'd lived longer than they had, but they were so sure. And that's when it uh, it hit me. You know, you always you know a novel is always built around, or a story is built around the idea of what if someone did da da da. And I thought, what if a Mormon missionary goes insane on his mission, and and in particular he succumbs to schizophrenia. And if you know anything about schizophrenia, you uh, see things, you hear things, hear voices. And so he starts seeing visions and hearing voices, and because of the milieu he's in, people think it's God, and, uh, and it kind of goes from there. It's a dark comedy, and it it uh, took me about, like I said, it took me about eight years. And in the process of writing it, it was in, in the process of writing it, I lost my religion, and I'm a different person coming out the end, other end of it, and uh, so we got it was an experience. You know, when someone mentions the word Mormon, Mormonism, um, some people know that it's just they allow so many wives per se, but other people know a little more. Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, in one of the original Sherlock Holmes books, based a good part of the story on on the Mormons back in the 1800s, um, there is so much meat and history about that religion. We know it actually started on the East Coast in New York City, by the way. I mean, in yep. New York State, by the way, in upstate New York. And then uh, Brigham Young and I think it was somebody else uh, traveled and led everybody out to the West Coast. And that whole story was in that book by Arthur Conan Doyle. Did you happen to read that book, by the way? No, I'm familiar. that was mentioned to me before. That I think that may have been one of the few books that had Mormonism in that I didn't read. Uh, but I had heard about that, yes. And it's, fa- it's yes, a fascinating yes. religion. Yes, and I hear the Mormons are still very upset uh, uh, about the, uh, that Sherlock Holmes book. Um, imagine if a Mormon missionary went insane on his mission. Wow, that opens up so many layers of possibilities. What was the nature of this insanity, and how did you handle its progression in the story, John? It was really tough. It was tough. I mean, I... Uh... I had no experience uh, being a Mormon, but I did, have, I did have some experience with mental illness, OCD in particular. So I, I, I could kind of I could relate to that extent. But it was the, the short story. The long, long short story. Short answer uh, is that I read a ton of books on schizophrenia, and uh, read them, reread them, took notes. Uh, learned about the progression of schizophrenia, how from a textbook standpoint it progresses through a person, and then um, making it real. That that was really tough because I had to uh, I had to make his going insane be believable, and not well not right. believable, but but it had to match the facts of how you right. how, how schizophrenia comes upon someone. And and then as he's exhibiting his all these new symptoms of madness, the people around him are reacting to it, and and they and how they react to him affects him. And I mean it was it was just mind blowing to try to uh, uh, 
juggle all this. And so I, I made many matrices where I would have, okay, here's this character, and here's his, here's this, here's his uh, uh, insanity development, and here's this development, and here's how this. It's it was just it was mind-blowingly complex. Hardest thing I've ever done intellectually was writing a novel. Sure, sure, I can imagine that, um, especially on that topic. On the book's Amazon page, it says, A danger to God himself is a scathing takedown of religious certainty. Now, you also mentioned that in writing the book, you've lost your religion. So what exactly, in your estimation, does a scathing takedown of religious certainty mean? Well, the book where you—I don't—I don't want to give away the ending for people who might want to read the book, but it, uh, it the book shows, as I said, I mean, it's it's based around these two uh, Mormon missionaries. Mormon missionaries are always in pairs. You know, I mean, we've we've all seen them out on their bicycles or just walking in neighborhoods. They always go in pairs, and so the uh, story is told about these two guys, and they are they are so sure of that they are right. And um, just through the process of seeing his madness come upon him and then having to deal with the reality of that, his, that this isn't God working to him, that this is, this is a disease. And suddenly, suddenly they're faced with the things that they were so sure that were one way, suddenly weren't the way they thought they would be. And, and, and from personally, what happened with me is uh, when I started writing this book, I was so sure I was right uh, in terms of my religion. I was a, a Christian, and uh, and I really I, I didn't set out to quote unquote write a Christian book, uh, right? Uh, but but I I did kind of feel led by God, if you will, to because I wanted to take down Mormonism and and but what I saw is I saw that these the Mormons and I and I went to. Uh, I attended a Mormon church undercover just so I could be around them and get into that whole milieu. And um, I saw that they're sincere. They, they, that uh, I saw that I saw that my religion was their religion. In that, I saw the only reason that I believed what I believed is because somebody told it to me. And and suddenly it was a real aha experience for me because I realized how can I find fault with the Mormons? I, I do. I, I just use different words than they do. And suddenly, I just the curtain was drawn, and I just the whole preposterousness of religious certainty—the idea that we can be sure about who God is, what God is, if God is, and how He interacts with us—that whole concept is just a fallacy, and uh, it was just stripped away from me. Very, very interesting. Not only did you basically question the the Mormon religion, you just basically questioned religion itself. Um, so I know you said, John, that uh, it took you about eight years to actually write the story. Uh, can you talk about any setbacks or impediments uh, or challenges in finishing the actual manuscript? Eight years is a long time. It is a long time. And, um, well, uh, I, re- I mentioned earlier that uh, I have OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, okay. and um, uh, my OCD. I don't wash my hands 500 times a day, but uh, when I am, when I am symptomatic, and I'm not normally symptomatic uh, because of the medication I take, but when I am symptomatic, 
uh, it's more like my brain is washing its hand. My brain hands. My brain can't right, stop right. thinking these aberrant thoughts about me. Right. And and so so much of writing this book was just just so much uh, self doubt and telling myself I, you can't do this. Just give up. I I just particularly had trouble. The, the writing of the words, the putting the words down, that part wasn't really hard because I I spent my entire career in writing. I've been a reporter and what have you, so that right. part wasn't hard. But the hard the, the part of making a plot string together and making it believable, I it was hard. And I have journals full that I call my self doubt journals that were just full of me talking to myself saying you can do this and and no you can't do this you're you know who are you wow. fooling and. Uh, but it fed right into my OCD, and um, it was hard. It was hard, and I mean, I'm, and I know that's something that all writers deal with—the whole idea of I'm yes. just fooling myself. Who am I fooling? I can't write. Uh, uh, but it kind of fed into my mental illness, and yeah, it was. I was. I was ripe for it. And you know, will the, will the second book take me eight years? No, I don't hope not. I hope the second book just takes me a year. So I'm just curious, while you were writing it, the eight years or even part of it, did you give out the manuscript? Did your family read it? Did your wife, did your children, you know, uh, did you have other people read it and critique it? Um, how did that work? Yeah, I did. I was, and I, uh, one thing I would say to anybody who wants to write a novel is uh, after you have your idea and you have a computer in front of yourself, you need to be in a critique group. And I was in a number of critique groups that, from early on, were seeing the early drafts, the early chapters, and would respond to them. And that is so invaluable because you just yes. can't, you can't, you can't pull away from your own stuff to be objective about it. And, right. Um, so you need to you need to know how does this how is this read? How does this get read? How does a reader react to this? And so yeah, no, I was in a, a bunch of critique groups. As a matter of fact, it's funny. Uh, before this uh, interview right now, this morning I was at a critique group, and uh, uh, they're very valuable. And so I, I would give that advice to anyone: is is to have other humans look at your book, and they'll, you'll see they'll see things you'll, you would never see, and it because you because you write to be read, and the problem is when you're the writer, you I mean you understand all the unsaid things, you understand all the you know what you're trying to say. And it's obvious, too, that you've said it, but not necessarily. And that's what critique groups, how they're so helpful. John, I'd like to talk about the book's cover. It's pretty base, yet the letter O in God and John have a certain transfixual design. What's the story behind that? Well, uh, it's meant to symbolize insanity and you know craziness and, and a messed up the messed up mind of schizophrenia it was interesting i uh, uh uh i used a i mean this whole thing has just been a learning experience for me obviously writing my first book and independently publishing my first book right but after when i had this manuscript done and i was ready to print it i uh went online to this website where you go on to the website and you uh type in a little bit about your book your book's title a little bit about what it's about and then uh, uh, artists from all over the world uh, send in uh, possible uh, book covers. 
And this one that came in was from a woman in South Africa. And wow. I just, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And it just immediately struck me that I just, I loved it because I love it because the word God is so in your face. And that's obviously God is a provocative word. Uh, but you also got these, these circles of insanity swirling around. It's like, okay, this is maybe God, but this is a different, this is obviously about a different, looking at God in a different way. This is thinking about right. God in a different way. John, how did you get a danger to God himself published? I know you said you were self-published. And talk about any challenges you had in getting the book out to the world. And once your book was out, um, did you have any challenges in the marketing? Yeah, um, the, the process the process of getting it published, going on Kindle Direct Publishing, was pretty painless. And I'm very fortunate in that I, I, I said I was in a member of a number of critique groups, and there were... There were there are writers in these critique groups that had gone before me and had already published their book on Amazon, and it was very much just sort of connect the dots and just do step A, step B, and step C, and all of a sudden, boom, your your book is published. That was easy, and and I like well, I'm probably common to most writers with their first book or maybe their second book or all their books is you think, oh my God, my book's going to take the world by storm. I better you know, uh, I better start How preparing true. my uh, my acceptance speech for the Nobel Prize and the Academy and Awards once the movie is made. <laughs> I know exactly who who's gonna. Yeah, you try to figure out what, what actors are gonna play which character, and uh, but it goes out there and it's just crickets chirping. That's all you hear, and because I mean the internet obviously is so vast and and it's all about visibility. How do you make yourself visible? And all of a sudden now was confronted with the fact that nobody knows my book exists. And um, it used to be, uh, Amazon uh, used to, the way that their algorithms worked is you could go on, if you had a book on Amazon, you could offer it for free for a certain amount of time. Right. And uh, when you would sell, like, let's say, I, I had a friend who did this. This is how he's kind of, he's like a full-time writer now. He did this, he started five years ago when the algorithms were different. And he would uh, have a period where he'd give away his book for free, and he'd give away 30,000 copies. Uh, th those 30,000 copies, uh, Amazon would consider that to be the equivalent of, say, 10,000 purchase copies. And suddenly his book was pushed to the top of the Amazon recommendations. And wow. Yeah. They, Amazon doesn't do that anymore. You can't, really, you, can't, you can't jimmy the system by doing free books anymore. So how do I get my book visible? And, I mean, um, <sighs> marketing the book is, is as laborious as writing the book. It's, it is right. As it is, it's maybe not, even more so. Maybe even more so. Uh, and, I mean, I've, uh, uh, oh, God. I, you know, I've tried to get so many people to review it. I, I thought it might be uh, – uh, uh, something that would be popular for for uh, college kids, for example, because it's, it's it's very it's a very snarky book, and so I I must have contacted 150 college newspapers, and said, would you be is there someone there who'd be willing to re review my book? Because I just wanted reviews and I wanted to get reviews, and right. uh, and I mean, I was working my butt off, and it's. And I got some great reviews, and I and I moved it forward, but 
my book really hasn't sold until I kind of uh, uh, un- realized the power of social media. And what I'm doing now is is um, my marketing strategy is based around my blog. Uh, as a matter of fact, that portion that that passage you read to open up the the interview that's actually from my blog. I think it's my most recent blog post. And my idea is that I uh, I'm trying to build a tribe, if you will, I'm trying to build a tribe of people who like my voice who like what I have to say, and will therefore buy things, books that I write. And so I'm in the beginning stages, and it's all based, as I said, it's based around my blog. And then I'm, meanwhile, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Facebook trying to find groups of like-minded people, people who might be interested in spirituality, might be interested in Mormonism, might be ex-Mormons, might be ex-Christians, might be uh, ex-schizophrenics. You're really never an ex-schizophrenic, but uh, so on and so forth. And I go into these groups, and you have to be very patient because you can't just – and some people do this. You can't just walk into a Facebook group and say, hey, I have a book. Someone buy my book because it just turns people off. You you have to go in and be very patient, and you have to go into these groups and actually add value so they can see you as an active and valuable participant of this community – and then what happens is people start friending you, and suddenly you get all these friends, and you start amassing these friends in these different groups. And then every time I post a new blog post, I post it on my Facebook page and my Twitter account, and immediately almost all my friends see it. And the idea is they see it, and where it's, gonna, where it's going to – and I've, I've – it's been working. It's been working. I've been only doing this for about two months now, but it is working. I started with uh, uh, zero blog subscribers, and I have about 80 blog subscribers now. I'm trying to get up to 1,000. That's my magic number. Um, but it's a slow process. But the idea, and the idea is, is that I'm going to build these friends on, on social media. They're going to li- see my post, and they're going to they're going to share it to their networks, and one network will go to the next network, and so on and so forth. And that's, I think that's how the game works. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, I think I have, to, I have to take a long view of it, because building this tribe is not going to be an overnight thing. I have to be patient, and it's hard. It, it, writing, I try to write a blog post every week. It's damn hard. It's damn hard to have, and, and, and my blog is all about religion and what, what, what the death of religion and what's going to take the place after religion dies and obviously weighty topics and to have something important to say every week it's damn hard and you got uh, that right oh you got that right definitely um i had a author on last week who talked about how hard marketing is and the importance of starting the marketing even before the book is published, the importance of having a platform, the importance of, again, reaching out on social media. I mean, uh, again, uh, to me, the marketing of the book is even harder than writing the book. Absolutely. That, that's and, how I see it. Well, and what you mentioned platform. What I was describing was my platform. My platform right. is built on right. my blog, my Facebook page, my Twitter account, uh, my Google Plus account. And yeah, and if, and if someone came to me and, and they said, I want to write a novel, I would say, okay, fine, start writing the book. But when you get, you know, three quarters of the way through the book, start building your platform right then. 
Exactly. You need to, exactly. You need to have the platform functioning, not necessarily going at 100 miles an hour, but you need to have the, the, the machinery of this platform, to mix metaphors, running and chugging along so that when your book does come out, you get an immediate, an immediate boost from that. And so uh, I would, and, and that's the view I'm taking now is, is I'm building this platform now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help me sell my first book, but it's also going to help me sell my second book and my third book and so on and so forth. Uh, so that would, I, that's a piece of advice I would give to any person who wants to publish independently is before you publish, have a, a, a platform that's up and running, doesn't, doesn't, isn't necessarily, you know, uh, going 100 miles an hour, but it's functioning and working, and you're right. building an audience. That has that has to be in place before you publish. Otherwise, what happens is you publish, like I did, and oh, you just hear crickets chirping. John, I'm curious. Uh, getting back to your book, is there anything in your long research and detailed research into the Mormon, into the Mormons and the faith that is not widely known, or that shocked or surprised you? Well. <laughs> Uh, like I said, um, I mean, most religions are kind of absurd, really. Uh, when you sit and think about it, when you you uh, you're when when some uh, uh, some believer tells you what the the main points of his or her religion are, and you think, boy, that's kind of wacky. But Mormonism is like off the charts wacky, and uh, people don't realize that. Uh, Mormons aren't uh, just another brand of Christianity. They are. They use a lot of the same words like Jesus and Fa- uh, Heavenly Father. But the goal of Mormonism is to become a god and to be given your own planet. And uh, once you get this planet, you will, you will have polygamous wives on this planet, and it's your role to produce spirit children who will be sent down to another planet and you will be their god. So, in other words, it's 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 just it's 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 there's an unending string of gods. In other words, Mormons believe that the god that they call God right now it used to be a man, became a god because he followed Mormonism, and but he too has his own god, and so on and right. so on and so on and so forth. Very interesting. Let's talk a little about your early years, John. Where did you grow up, and what was your childhood like? Yeah, I grew up in Seattle, and um, I had a hard childhood. It, I, in a lot of ways, an unhappy childhood. But I, I was always very artistic, um, uh, and as art- artistic kids kind of do, can happen. I, I got bullied and beat up, and so I, I was an introspective kid. Uh, but writing always came. Uh, uh, just so naturally to me. Like I said, I knew from the time I was nine that I wanted to be an author, and uh, I wasn't. I wasn't a big reader. Like I, so many, so many of my writer friends, uh, like the, the 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 two folks I saw today, they'll be talking. We we have our critique group, and the critique group is over, and they start talking about their favorite books, and I've not read three quarters of them, right. and and. I just I just was never a voracious reader as a kid, but writing just seemed to come naturally. I mean, I enjoy reading, but I was never one of those kids. And so many writers, and it's I meet so many writers, and that's the common refrain is, oh, I just couldn't put books down when I was a kid. But 
that wasn't me, but it's, writing came easily, and what happened was I was praised for it. I was praised by teachers and other adults and peers, too, to a lesser extent. And so, oh, this is great. I, I, had, I could do something that people praise me for, and that's generated its own momentum, and here I, en- here I ended up being a writer. I was, uh, as I said, I was in newspapers for a while and uh, then went into the world of PR, and that's where I am now. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, before we close out the show, I'd like to talk about, I think, I believe you're working on a new book uh, now. Are you well, working what on I, a new book? Well, what I'm, no, actually, no. What I'm working on right now is producing my blog. Okay. And, and that's, producing a, a post a week is, is, uh, it's very hard. And then I'm now producing short stories. And I'm going to offer the short stories to my blog subscribers. And, and then the idea is, is that I, once I publish, like, I don't know, 8 to 10 to 12 of those, then I will combine them into a collection of short stories and sell that as a book. And then after that, uh, I will take the collection of my best blog posts rewrite them, smooth them out, maybe combine one with another one, so on and so forth, and publish that as a book of essays. Then finally, and that's, that's a couple a year or two down the road, then I'm going to start the second book. So I'm not even, I'm not even worried about the second book. Oh, I'm worried about it, but I'm, I'm not even really thinking about the second book right now because I'm just trying, so I'm trying to get the edifice of this system up and running so that when the second book does hit, it just flows right into this process, and it's it's it just starts selling itself. So no, I'm not I'm not. Uh, and when I left my group today, my one of my buddies said, "We got to get you working on that second book." And I said, "Oh yeah, I, I'll do it. I can. I'll get I'll get to it." <laughs> hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just laughing at you know. You say yeah, I'll do it, and you know it never gets done. But you're working on so many other things, so well, you, you know, know I can understand that. And what you're working on sounds like it's going to be great. Uh, and wrapping up, John, I know you are the father of grown children. Did they read your book? And if so, what did they think of it? And do you think they eventually may become writers themselves? Um, they. Uh, uh they were uh, was <laughs> I'm I'm kind of hemming and hawing here because not only did they they read the book as it was being developed, but they watched me go through my faith crisis because of this. Right. And uh, and I would talk to them. I would talk to them about these things I was learning, and I raised all my as they as they say in a Christian household. I raised all my children to be Christians, and uh, they were all Christians. Uh, now. Two of them aren't, uh, and in a big part because of what happened to me. The, the echo of what happened to me and losing my religion echoed into their life, and and they made some decisions about religion. Right. And and uh, but no, it, and it, it's hard for my kids too. To they've all read the book, but it's hard for them to read it too because they know what's behind it and they know the stories right. behind it. They they can exactly yeah. But no, they were they were they were very helpful, and they were. I mean, you know, when when the book was being written, I would have entire walls in my house, 
cleared of all the paintings, what have you, and I would just have <laughs> colored three by five cards up on the wall. Yeah, and they saw yeah, we've and they, done that. We, we've been there, definitely done that. Uh, whatever works, you know. So, do you think they would become authors in their own right? Uh, they're, 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 all three of them are good writers, but uh, I don't, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's where they're headed. They both, they, all three of them. Uh, have different interests, although they are all good writers. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe. You never know. You, you never know exactly. So give out any contact information, John, your website. Uh, talk about your blog and ways that uh, you can be followed and contacted. Yeah, well, you can uh, you can email me at hoju1959, uh, so H-O-J-U-1959 at gmail.com. That's my email, and then go to my uh, my blog is John F. Draper uh, blog dot com, and check that out. And uh, the name of the blog you can also you can also find the blog by typing in John Draper, a danger to God himself, and you'll find it that way too. And yeah, I would love people to get on there and see what they they think about what I have to say and uh, comment on it and get a conversation going. That'd be super. Yes, that would be awesome. This has been the Funky Writer Show with me, Robert Batista. I'm at at author R. Batista on Twitter. Look for my free short stories, Carmela's Dream and My Baby Has No Name on Smashwords.com. My guest has been the author and so much more, John Draper. Make sure you visit his website, JohnFDraper.com and feast your soul. Thank you so much, John. For being Thanks a guest for having me, on Robert. the Funky Writer Show. It's been great, John. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye-bye.